How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Yell in a Cell Pro Wrestling Podcast. My name is Zachary Weinberger, here with JP Acosta. And first, before we start anything, JP, how's it going? It's going great, man. Um, a very odd kind of Elimination Chamber card. A lot of stuff, a lot of moving parts, like before the show actually even started. But overall, it was kind of solid. I enjoyed it. And you said it. You said it interesting. We even before when we did our predictions, we said that this was a very weird card, and we'll get to all that. So let's just get straight into it. So obviously, this is our elimination chamber reactions, our recap throughout, and giving our thoughts about every single match of the card, including the kickoff show, because that's where it really just started. Keith Lee was supposed to be in that triple threat match for the U.S. title with Bobby Lashley and Riddle, but due to injury, which I think it's a real injury, it wasn't kayfabe. Um, they had a fatal four-way match on the kickoff show whoever wins uh gets to be in the u.s title match and gets to be pinned in that match as well um so the four people in that match were ricochet mustafa ali elias and john morrison um so those were the four and that that match was announced like right on the kickoff show so me and jp made quick predictions on on twitter i think i said ricochet and you said mustafa ali um turns out that john morrison won this one but the match was like, you know, it was, you could tell it was thrown together pretty last minute. Um, there were some nice spots. I think there was a time when uh, everybody besides Mustafa Ali was trying to do like a DDT on one another. And then once they were stuck in a spot, we saw Mustafa Ali kind of capitalize and do like a roll in neck breaker, which is kind of a, a cool little spot there. But kind of fast forwarding to the end there, we saw Ricochet kind of get on a flurry against everybody. And you seemed like that he was going to win this match. He was on his way to do it. But then Retribution kind of gets in the way and, and catches him off the apron and pretty much power bombs him right into the into the corner post. Uh, and as they were celebrating, Mustafa Ali was like, "Good job, guys! Good job, guys!" John Morrison rolls up Mustafa Ali for the one, two, three. That's it. Mustafa Ali once again and Retribution look humiliated. Um, so John Morrison is in the match against against Matt Riddle and. Bobby Lashley for the U.S. title. JP, any just brief thoughts on this match? Did you want, did you think Mustafa Ali should win? Or did you, I mean, or are you part of the, the minor population that wanted Elias to win? Um, it was a fine match. Um, you know, I really wanted Mustafa Ali to win, but looking back at it and seeing the results of what happened in the match for the U.S. title, I think it was better to keep him away from it. But I did think it was an odd decision having him take the pin. Because he's saying, like, hey, John pinned you to get into that match. And it, again, makes Retribution look like a bunch of dopes. I would have had Elias take the pin. You got to keep um, Ricochet away from the pin because, of course, he's one of the best wrestlers that you have. I was a little surprised, honestly, that John Morrison won. But it seemed like the safe decision. That's why when he won, I was like, okay, Lashley's going to win. Yeah. In retrospect, looking at the match, the U.S. title match, which, which we'll talk about in a bit, obviously, uh, it was fine that Morrison was there. Even if Elias got there, I would rather had Morrison because at least he did bring some pop to the match. And again, we'll talk about that in a bit. So John Morrison uh, does win that. We both start off pretty rough 0-1, uh, and it doesn't get any worse. It, well, it does for us in our predictions. But we start off with the mat, the the card with the SmackDown Elimination Chamber match, the winner faces Roman Reigns right afterwards for the Universal title. And that was Jey Uso, which is your pick, Jey Uso. Kevin Owens, which is pretty much, I mean, people thought that was the safer pick. Cesaro was my pick. 
Sami Zayn, the favorite to win King Corbin, obviously. And who am I missing? Now I'm blanking. Daniel Bryan, who, which we'll talk about in a bit, obviously. So I honestly thought, again, the match started with Daniel Bryan and Cesaro and like just set the pace for the whole match. I mean, we've seen Daniel Bryan and Cesaro go at it a couple times on SmackDown and it was awesome. Pretty much like the show stealers of the night for those, you know, two separate shows. And they started off very strong. And as soon as we got people going one after the other, we started to see kind of a kind of surprises, awesome spots in this match. So the way that it kind of transpired, it was, and by the way, one of the, my favorite moments of the match, it was kind of like during the entrances when like it was Jay Uso coming to Kevin Owens's pod and Kevin Owens just like stares at him and headbutts the champ, the pod a couple times. Like, like you said, if he's not your spirit animal, you're doing something wrong. Um, so we get like those moments of just kind of like them talking to one another on there. Um, and when Corby comes into the match afterwards and he actually looks pretty dominant, not going to lie. Uh, he pretty much destroys Cesaro, destroys Daniel Bryan. Um, and they're really targeting Daniel Bryan's knee at this point, point in time. Zayn comes in. He tries to, you know, when, when Kevin Owens comes in as well, Zayn tries to form a team like, you know, we have history, we have history, we should work together, stuff like that. It was good, good to see. And obviously Kevin Owens was just like, yeah, sure, and just smashes him into the pod. Um, some good stuff there as well. Um, but the first elimination was actually Corbin doing that the swing on on Corbin. Cesaro doing the swing on Corbin, which he you could saw he botched a little bit on the SmackDown prior, but they kind of like resurrected that. But he did it perfectly, put him in the sharpshooter, and Corbin taps out the first elimination. Um, and then when Jay Uso comes out, Owens and Jason just scrap right at each other. Um, Owens eliminates Zane with this with a stunner, and as he was leaving the chamber. Uso, because again, they, they open a chamber door so people can get out of it. Uso smartly traps Kevin Owens' arm in the chamber door as it's closing. Brutal spot. And as he's and he's trying to get out, Jay Uso super kicks Kevin Owens in the face a couple more times, um, which, which then led to the big splash to eliminate Kevin Owens from the match. So he's not even the final two. We're now in the final three right now with Uso, Brian, and Cesaro. It comes to a moment where Uso gets wiped out, Cesaro and Brian going back at each other. Um, then Uso comes out of nowhere with a big splash on Cesaro. Eliminates Cesaro with a splash. Surprising there. Final two, JP's feeling confident, like, oh, yes, Jay Uso's going to win, man. It's going to be great. <laughs> but then um, he tries to do a splash from the pod, and from the top of the pod, which is great. But Daniel Bryan put his knees up. Uh, hits the running knee, and Daniel Bryan is the winner of the chamber match. Uh, so before we get to the aftermath, JP, thoughts on the thoughts on the chamber match as a whole? This was a fantastic chamber match. From the wrestling to it had the high spots. It had you could tell the rivalries that were there within the each individual wrestler because Daniel Bryan and Cesaro had their problems. They wrestled. Um, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. We know about Sami and Kevin. Just their whole dynamic throughout the match with Sammy kind of pleading for help. And now Kevin Owens is the guy who refuses that. Again, Kevin Owens is my spirit animal. He came in, did a moonsault right off the top of the pod and then stunned everybody. That sounds like a great day of work for me. <laughs> but what really surprised me was I know that I thought Jay Uso was going to win. But I, I was surprised to see Jay, Jay Uso last in the top two because – the way that Cesaro and Daniel Ryan were going back and forth, I'm like, okay, this is going to be the final two. 
Then Jay hits the splash on Cesaro. And I'm like, oh my God, it's going to happen. Like, we're going to get a finger poke of doom. And then I saw him go to the top of the pot. I'm like, oh no, please connect, please connect. And he gets the knees up. I'm like, oh man. But overall, it was a really fantastic match. Um, again, like we said on the uh, preview show, it really shows Daniel Bryan kind of rekindling that yes movement to get back to that point of being a world champion. Yeah, and that's what I wanted to ask you as well when we get to this, the next part of this match and went now. And I pretty much agree with you. I thought this was a fantastic match. Will it go down as an iconic chamber match? I re- I don't think so because when you look at what happens afterwards, maybe it doesn't make it that much as iconic. But I thought this was a pretty awesome match throughout. It was pretty smooth. You had some awesome moments like you do in a chamber match. It was brutal. Um, and all the superstars, even Corbin and Zayn, who you knew were not going to win this match at all, they, they put something into it. They still added some contribution in there. So to me, it was a fantastic chamber match overall. Uh, but afterwards, as the chamber's getting, you know, pulled up and Daniel Bryan, he's selling it. He, you can tell he's heard they've been targeting the leg the whole time. Um, you hear Roman Reigns' music. <laughs> he comes out. He's there he's with the title. We have Paul Heyman. He doesn't really waste any time. He doesn't do the Undertaker entrance like he does. It takes like 30 minutes to get to the ring. He just, you know, he raises the belt goes into the ring and the ref is asking Daniel Bryan, Do you, are you ready? Are you ready? And Daniel Bryan's like, yes, I'm ready. Ring the bell. Roman Reigns is attempting a spear. Daniel Bryan reverses into a yes lock. And at this moment, I'm like, no way. <laughs> no way they're going to do this. So cra- I was shocked, bro. I saw him counting into the yes lock. I'm like, oh my God, he's going to do it. Like he's going to win here. And I was just thinking, oh man, that Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns match at Mania is going to slap. I'm just like, oh, he's going to win. This is it. The yes movement is back. Then- yeah. And then we get to it. He, as the yes lock, he's putting the yes lock in. He's in there for quite a bit, but you see Roman Reigns separating the fingers from his face. And it pretty much just turns into a bloodbath afterwards. Shot upon shot upon shot to his head. He's pretty much knocked out at this point. And the ref is like getting him off. And he looks at the ref. And then he puts Daniel Bryan into the guillotine. The ref calls the match. Roman Reigns is still, still your champion. This match did not last long at all. Um, pretty much a squash match in there. And we get afterwards. He's celebrating. He's celebrating. He's on the t- turnbuckle. He's raising the title. He turns around. Here his edge. He spears Roman Reigns. And as soon as he does that, he points to the WrestleMania sign. And what does that mean? He made his decision. Finally, edge will face Roman Reigns in the main event of WrestleMania 37. JP thoughts on that segment and thoughts on a WrestleMania match between those two for the championship. Absolutely. The match is going to be so great. And from the first promo Roman cut after edge won the rumble, you were like, okay, this is the money match. This is where they're going. The promos are going to be amazing between them. Um, Edge is rounding back into form, like near the top of his game. And Roman, of course, is the tribal chief. He's he's literally at the top of WWE at this point. I think the match itself did what it had to do. It showed Roman as a kind of conniving heel, but also still like a legit, like, guy who could choke you out and showed edge as being the one guy who could stop him potentially so that match at mania is going to be amazing and i literally can't wait i can't wait either i mean listen i 
saw both sides. I could see Edge facing Drew. I could see Edge facing Roman. But we knew that the way that Roman Reigns is having like the peak of his career right now, that's the money match. And it seemed like they were kind of going that route last Friday. And I'm excited. Listen, it, it, it's interesting to see how now the, on the Raw side, how the WWE Championship title reign will be going out. We'll talk about that later in the in the episode. But Edge and Roman at WrestleMania, just take all my money. I'm watching it. Uh, it makes me want to go to Tampa to Raymond James and watch that live. Um, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. The way they did it was great. So now when it comes to the Daniel Bryan thing, I have to think about, you know, what I predicted for Cesaro, right? Where I said with Cesaro in the match, you can have Seth Rollins kind of be involved, maybe set that up while you're having kind of rain squash someone in the meantime. My thinking is like, you know, you had Daniel Bryan go through all this, all the chamber match. I'm not saying he should have won, right? I just don't know if rain, if Bryan was the right move there, you know, just because like, I would have rather had maybe what you said about Jay Uso afterwards, kind of like taking the pin and then edge would be mad at that. And he, that would kind of set that up. You have Cesaro, you have Seth Rollins in there, possibly making it, making a case there. When you have Daniel Bryan in there, maybe that sets up a match at fast lane between those two possibly don't know uh, because Stoda B is saying like, Oh, by the way, it's going to be Roman and, and edge of mania, like screw fast lane. We're not going to even have a universal title match. I don't know. Thoughts on that. Well, maybe what they could do at mania is Seth Daniel Cesaro, because we remember Seth eliminated Daniel from the rumble. Right. So that's already there. Seth is trying to get people to embrace the vision but the two purest wrestlers on SmackDown aren't going to embrace that. So maybe like they set up a fast lane or something, or like something happens at fast lane. They're like, okay, it's just going to be a triple threat match. To see who's the best in the world. And again, if that happens, take all of my money because then you would have the literal three of the best wrestlers in the world in the ring facing each other at the same time. What more could you ask for? Yeah, I, I'm just wondering how they'll use Daniel Bryan in this because he just got absolutely... I mean, listen, he he won a great chamber match and then just all for naught, obviously, which, I mean, he was never going to win it. It would have been cool. It, honestly, a surprise to see him uh, beat Reigns there just to kind of, you know, just further emphasize that underdog sort of storyline that he always has had since the beginning of his career. Um, but I thought it was great. Reigns just showed off how, you know, dominant he is, how heelish he is, and then now we have the Mania match. I... I don't think Reigns will have a championship match at Fastlane because, like, if they do, it's like we already know that Reigns is was never going to lose the title for until Mania. But you just say, "Oh yeah, he's facing Reigns at, at Mania." There's 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 not going to be any change to it whatsoever. Um, Fastlane. What? They could have Roman uh, pretty much sacrifice Christian. He gives Christian the title match at Fastlane, and just beats the crap out of him to try and send a message to Edge, which again, pisses Edge off. I don't know, man. With Christian just coming back, I feel like if you're going to have him in there with a safe wrestler, Roman would be a good choice. But man, that would be a great story to tell, especially because you have Christian back. So I feel like you need to use him in this story or on SmackDown in some way. Yeah, So, so before we move on, my last question to you is because I know we talked about this on the last episode about like the, you know, because to me, I think Edge is leaving WrestleMania with a championship. And now that he's facing Reigns, I don't know. But I, I just think somehow he's leaving WrestleMania with a championship, JP. I mean, 
I think he he's due for one last run as a major champion in, in WWE. I don't know, man. I've been since I said it on uh, I can't remember what day it was. I think it was Saturday, but I've kind of been going back and forth because I could really could see the case for both of them leaving as a champion. Roman is the biggest thing in the WWE right now, but he doesn't necessarily lose anything from losing because you know he's still going to be there he's still going to try and get that title back um edge you know he gains a lot from winning but i don't know if he loses a lot from losing other than the fact that this would be the second time in like three years that a royal rumble winner has lost their uh championship match at mania because shinsuke lost seth rollins won and then Edge is the next one. So, my my question is, is that when it comes to Edge, when it comes to Roman, like I feel like he is, he's worthy, like he, he's safe if he gets a loss. Like he, I don't think any momentum is lost personally for me, because Roman has been has a secure spot in WWE since like, I mean the guy has already main evented what like three or four WrestleManias. I I don't think he's like he loses anything when it comes to Drew. You know, I still think that they're trying to build him up to the point where he's at the same level as Roman, which I think he is already. But I feel like people don't take him as seriously as Roman Reigns. Um, I don't know. Either way, I, the match is going to slap. I, I, I'm trying to remember the last time both Royal Rumble winners on the men's and the women's side have picked the same brand. Maybe that's happened before. I don't even know. But, I mean, Bianca Belair hasn't officially made her decision yet, but I think we know what that match is going to be. Um like... In 2018, when Shinsuke won the Rumble and Asuka won the Rumble, Asuka chose the SmackDown Women's Champion, Charlotte, I think, at the time. Okay. So I guess that was the last time then. But either way, I just think that it just kind of shows how, like, you know, Raw is a little lacking. But um, we move on to the U.S. title match. Finally, John Morrison's in, triple threat match. Bobby Lashley defending her title against Matt Riddle. And now John Morrison. This match starts off with Riddle going right after Bobby Lashley. John Morrison just sitting in the corner. He's like, yeah, you guys can handle this. But Bobby Lashley just absolutely lays down on both of these guys uh, to the point where most of this match, it was dominated by Bobby Lashley. And it came to a moment where those two actually, John Morrison and Matt, Matt Riddle were outside of the ring. And they were just kind of like talking, like, how can we take Bobby Lashley? They come from both sides of the ring. They come in, they start attacking on him. It's pretty much to no avail. Um, Lash looks absolutely dominant here. They still try to, you know, they still try to get him back and they actually take him out of the equation one time and then it's focused on Morrison and Riddle. A nice, pretty uh, back and forth with strikes and takedowns. Um, and then it came to the point where Bobby Lashley came back in the ring. Mad Riddle hits a floating bro on Bobby Lashley. Morrison falls up with a Starship Pain. Um, but Lashley kicks out at two. Um, and then it came to a moment where Morrison was talking to MVP. Because there's a moment where he, when he kicked out of the Starship Pain, MVP just kept talking to John Morrison. And John Morrison was just like, you can hear him like loudly say, can you shut the hell up? And MVP's like, no, no, no. And he comes out. He grabs the crutch of MVP. He's going to use it. It seems like on Bobby Lashley, but Bobby Lashley just kind of like blocks it off. Um, he's putting now... Um, 
Morrison in the, in, the, in the hurt lock, but then Riddle gets the crutch and hits Lashley with it. Cause I mean, I always forget that in a triple threat match, it's no DQ, but he does that. And he then, um, he hits Lashley. Lashley gets out of the ring. He gets Morrison for the bro, Derek and Matt Riddle is your new U S champion pins Morrison, not Lashley. Um, and he runs, he puts it around his neck. Brittle is your United States champion. JP, thoughts on Matt Riddle being the United States champion and thoughts on the matches overall? Overall, I thought the match was pretty fun. Um, I was legitimately surprised that Matt Riddle won. With the way they've been booking Bobby Lashley, he still hasn't lost a match. He hasn't been pinned in a match since maybe last year, maybe like early last year. I know he hasn't been pinned since he won the U.S. title. But... I thought it was a fun match, you know. Um, it really kind of played to Bobby Lashley being this dominant guy that's going to take more than one person to take down. Um, Matt Riddle kind of getting the one up on Bobby Lashley, kind of sneaking him from behind, which is exactly what Bobby Lashley's been doing to Matt Riddle for the past few weeks. It's a good form of comeuppance and a good way to end this whole rivalry. And it kind of makes me think, you know, well, what if Keith Lee was in the match? And I'm just like, wow, maybe if Keith Lee was in the match, Keith Lee would have won. But I'm thinking now, in terms of the U.S. title at WrestleMania, we're, pro- we're probably going to get Matt Riddle, Keith Lee at Mania. And oh my God, absolutely. Like, come on. This is, I would love to see that. But it was a, overall a pretty fun match. Yeah, I would say for, especially since Morrison was obviously a very late addition to this match, I thought that, you know, it didn't seem like, you know, it was like very sloppy at all. So, I mean, it was fun. It wasn't like a groundbreaking triple threat match like we've seen, but it was just a standard one. And again, the right, I want to say that Riddle being the United States champion is fine. You know, I, I definitely think he's worthy of that mid-card title, just kind of start off his though to be main roster career. Um, and I was thinking to myself, and I put this on Twitter right afterwards, I was saying, okay, so now that this is over, you know, then now that Matt Riddle's won it, does Bobby Lashley try to get it back to him, or does this put him in the title picture, the, the main title picture? We'll see later tonight. We'll talk about it a little later. Um, but it, it was fine, and Matt Riddle was the United States champion. Having that a mania match between Matt, Keith Lee and Matt Riddle, um, yeah, that could steal the show. I mean, th- th- that's one of those matches where, like, you know, it is a mid card. It's not the w- a world title match, but it, depending on the night, because obviously it's two nights now for WrestleMania, you know, it could steal it. So I'm all for that, and I'm 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 excited to see where this goes, um, and we'll see where that goes. Like we said, so then we move on to the next match, and this is the the women's tag team title match: Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax defending against Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. I had my reservations going into this match, like I said, just because I just thought it was a cheap way of kind of... Because, again, there's like two teams ahead of them. You know, obviously, Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai won the Women's Dusty Cup. Um, I guess they've already scheduled a match for March 3rd, so I guess they kind of like set in stone there. Again, I thought that Naomi and Lana were the number one contenders when they won it in that triple threat elimination match, but I guess not. I mean, maybe they'll get one in the future, but... Definitely not today. So, I mean, again, it was them. It, it, it kind of went back to SmackDown when, like, you know, Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks were making fun of uh, Nia Jax and the whole thing with the whole thing and just stuff like that. And Reginald kind of got involved and was kind of egging them on. 
But I would say that the way this match started off, that was actually, you know, Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair kind of like, you know, getting the one-uppings on on the, t- the tag team champs, even Nia Jax. Um, a burst of offense, which again, you can't really stop uh, Nia Jax down and then Belair gets in there. Um, actually hits a, you know, a KOD uh, on Shayna Baszler, which I thought was like, oh no, is, are they going to win? No, Nia Jax, you know, um, gets in there and prevents that when he, she was on Baszler. Uh, we go to the end of the match where actually it seems where Sasha Banks hit a huge meteor off the top row to Nia Jax. And who comes out? It's Reginald. Um, which it, before the match even started, we had a backstage interview with the faces and Reginald was out there saying like, you know, complimenting both of, you know, both of the ladies saying like, you know, we'll celebrate with a nice glass of, of champagne afterwards, or we'll put, I'll put a bottle on ice for you, whatever. But he's out here now. He's trying to, dis- he's trying to help them out. Um, so he comes out while Sasha's you know, locking Jacks in the bank statement. He tried to give Sasha the bottle to use like Carmela did to Sasha, you know, several weeks ago. And she was basically refusing to do it, but the ref saw it. She took, you know, he took the bottle from her and Nijax used this to hit the Samoa drop, uh, Samoan drop on Sasha Banks. And for the one, two, three, Nijax has pit Sasha Banks. They are still, excuse me, the women's tag team champions. So JP, what did you think of this match? The finish, um, the whole thing with Reginald, what's your thoughts on this? I mean, the match, it was cool. The ending was really sloppy, kind of weird. Um, if that's what they're going to use Reginald for, it's kind of weird because, again, you never really play into that, like, beef between Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair, considering Bianca Belair might be challenging for that title at WrestleMania. I don't know where they're going to go with that. Um, Reginald felt like a weird add-on, especially because he was the reason that they lost. And it really didn't make any sense. Um, you know, we knew that Baszler and Jax were going to win. Um, and really, it's just a matter of time until we get to March 3rd, when I think Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez are going to win. But um, it was a cool match, save for that ending. The ending was really weird. I'm going to echo the same, the same thoughts that you did. I thought the match was fine. There was really nothing about it. I just thought the match was wasted, because again... I said in the predictions, like, again, I think Nia Jax and Shane are going to retain, but at least you can set up that that feud, the likely feud that's going to be Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair in the road to WrestleMania. They didn't do any of that. There were there wasn't any kind of misdirections. There wasn't any arguments between the two. Uh, there wasn't, like, tag-ins to frustrate the partner. None of that. They were working pretty well with each other. Um and I'm, I mean, I'm glad that no one turned heel. I think that was a, that was a concern that some fans had, which... I, I don't think they're going to do. I think they're they're going to keep both of those, you know, both of them face and just kind of in the, you know, to WrestleMania. But yeah, you know, I, I just thought that ending was weird. It was just Reginald kind of screwing it up for them. And I really hope that doesn't mean we get another match between those four for the championship. That would really, really be a downer. Uh, I think that's just a waste of time, to be honest. So I'm glad they retained Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. I do not think that Banks and Belair need the titles at all to fuel that feud. I thought that the loss, if someone messed it up for one another, that would be like, okay, now we're seeing them crumble. We're seeing them don't like each other. But it's just, it was just a waste, in my opinion. So, fine match, dumb ending. It was probably the worst thing of the card, I would feel. Um, It was the worst thing of the card, I guess. I'll get into it at the end, but... 
I think there might have been something a little bit worse, but I will say not having Sasha Banks defend the women's title on the card is kind of messed up. And considering they didn't have a women's chamber match. So it just felt kind of weird not having any of the individual women's titles defended on the pay-per-view. Yeah, you know, again, I'm fine with Sasha Banks being in a title match, whether it be for her own or the tag team titles. I just wish that this match incorporated that feud a little bit more. Um, I'm thinking about other, like, besides the kickoff show, because the match was a little sloppy, you know, in that fatal four-way. I, I definitely think that this was probably my down, most down point of the card. I'm trying to think of something else, and nothing's really coming to mind. We go backstage, though, and we see Bad Bunny with a 24-7 title. I missed SNL, but I guess there wasn't even, like, an attempt to someone for someone to pin him or anything. I, I, I would have Our seen truth. that, I think. Our truth. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wish, yeah, I wish our truth kind of came in and... um try to win it off of him, but we see him backstage and the Miz confronts him and the Miz says like, you know, you know, what are you doing here? You know, I, you know, I'm the Miz here and well, you're not even a wrestler. What are you doing here? Bad Bunny says, I'm a champion. What are you doing here? Which looking back on it now, kind of foreshadowing, which, which we'll get to a little later, but Bad Bunny just slaps the Miz and you can tell he's kind of holding it back, you know, He's, he's still working guys cut him some slack but he slaps him and that's the end of that's the end of that segment brief thoughts on that jp if you have any um in regards to you know bad bunny and the miz i'm enjoying all this bad bunny and the miz stuff you know um i think bad bunny has been doing his what he needed to do and more he's bringing eyes he said he wanted to be a wrestler he's getting that chance um it started off kind of weird, you know, with everything that happened at the Rumble, but I see how they're playing it into the story. So I don't have a problem with it, honestly. The same here. I, I, listen, I, I think the whole thing with Bad Bunny and the Miz has been good. It'll be interesting to see where this goes beyond tonight. And again, we, I know we always say we'll, we'll get to it in a little bit, which we will, because it's literally the next match. We get to the Raw Chamber match for the WWE title. Drew McIntyre defending his title against Sheamus, Jeff Hardy, AJ Styles, Randy Orton, uh, Kofi Kingston, and who's the last one? AJ Styles, Sheamus, Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre, Kofi Kingston, Jeff Hardy. Right. Oh, and right, yeah, Randy. I for always for some reason Randy Orton. I always forget. I don't know why him. Been around so long, man. You just kind of forget about him. For real. So the way this match starts off, it starts off with Randy Orton and Jeff Hardy. And the one thing I want to say is that the best moment in this match was Kofi Kingston talking in that pod because when, when Ray Jordan came into the ring, he was looking at Kofi, and obviously those who have had a feud, obviously when Kofi Mania happened, when he won the title, that was, I, I would think, his biggest uh, rival during Kofi Mania when he had the title. Um, he was saying, he was telling Randy how nice his quads looked. Um, I'm like, okay, that's, I mean, <laughs> that's hilarious. Um what did you th- what did you think of that? Because that's obviously objectively the best moment of the night. Kofi Kingston is amazing, man. He could just do these things off cuff, and he almost got Randy Orton to break. He was staring at us like, "Yeah, your quads look thick. I see you've been doing them squats." And I laughed. Um, it kind of reminds me of in the SmackDown Chamber match when the lights were going off. Sami Zayn, you could hear Sami Zayn in his pod saying, "Not me, not me, not me, not me, not me," when he was in the pod making sure that it wasn't him. It's just those kind of simple things that can kind of set a match apart because it is, it makes sense, you know? 
like Kofi saying Randy's quads look thick, it's it's hilarious. It breaks up kind of the seriousness, and you really need that, and that's what he does so well. Yeah, I mean Kofi Kingston. I mean he was one of the high points of this match, which we'll get into a bit. But I just, going back to that Randy Orton entrance, he went to each of the pods and just kind of like look just just dead eyed stared at them while the other people in the pod were kind of like you know making some comments. We had that Kofi comment. He looked straight at Drew McIntyre, and I think it was at that moment or when Sheamus came in when he headbutted the pod. Headbutting the pod is a, is a popular thing to do tonight. Um, and then he went to AJ Styles, and AJ Styles was just like, "Oh, we got a scary guy over here." And then he went to to Sheamus, and Sheamus was like, "What are you looking at, fella?" Something like that. So, uh, again, the, the both legends, Jeff Hardy and Randy Orton, they start off. McIntyre is the first one to get to get into the match. Um, it comes to a moment where he, where he actually, you know, there is no holds barred here. Obviously, when it comes to the Elimination Chamber, it doesn't matter if you're a face or a heel, uh, you're getting battered. So when McIntyre, he takes out Orton, he goes to Hardy, he drives up Hardy right, right into one of the pods. Um, I think it was, I think it was Kofi Kingston's pod and Kofi Kingston. I forgot what he said at that time, but it, again, just when, when he was talking, when it was, I think it was AJ Styles and Kofi Kingston. And in, in when they're pods together, and I think it was like Randy Orton and Jeff Hardy going at it, and Kofi Kingston was giving him pointers or whatever, and, and AJ Styles was just like, they don't need your help, Kofi. It, it was just like the interaction, because again, I feel like they mic'd up the pods a lot more than they did like the previous years. It was great. They need to keep, um, keep micing up the pods. I want to hear, okay. hear mic'd up wrestlers during matches. You know, I want to hear some of that trash talk. I don't know how they do it, of course, but it'll be really fun. Yeah, I would think, I mean, since the pandemic, I mean, the Thunderdome era of the WWE, they've been doing that. Like, every time Roman Reigns trash talks during a match, it's always gold. Like, I still remember the Hell in a Cell match that he had with Uso at Hell in a Cell. Um, and a huge part of that was the, was the trash talk and even the, the talk between the two of them. And they got to keep that more, man. That's one of my favorite moments of them kind of talking to one another during it. Instead of them, like, whispering in the air, telling them what they need to do next, um, definitely just hamper the mic because to me it's it, it really adds to the match in my opinion so moving on um the first elimination <laughs> is shocking so what after after McIntyre comes in Kingston gets into the match he has a flurry these four kind of go at it for a little bit and then Kingston rolls up Orton and Orton's eliminated from the match JP brief thoughts on this brief thoughts Yes, we are getting Kofi Mania. That was my exact reaction. I'm like, it's happening. Kofi Mania right now. Give it to me. And it's always amazing because Kofi Kingston throughout his career has always beaten Randy Orton. He's always had Randy Orton's number and he does it again here. And so it's kind of, you know, we make the joke about long-term booking but it's long-term booking with these two individual guys. It's really cool to see, especially for a guy like Kofi Kingston, who rarely gets those spots. Right. And then when, it, by the way, going back to Kofi Kingston's entrance, there was, he came out alone, didn't come with Xavier Woods. There wasn't any retribution appearance. They didn't attack him so that Mustafa Ali can take his place or whatever. He did look behind him one time which I was thinking, like, was he expecting someone to come out? Like, Xavier, was he surprised? I think one person put a picture of, like, when he got attacked by Edge one time. Right. So, I mean, that makes sense, too. Um, It's good to keep on the lookout. Um, 
but we get to that. So Kingston eliminates Orton. And I thought for a second that it was by accident he didn't kick out. It looked like he was actually struggling. I'm like, whoa, was he supposed to kick out there? Because again, maybe, because maybe I was so certain that the Fiend or Alexa Bliss was going to get involved sometime during this match. There wasn't a lick of either of those two throughout the night whatsoever, which um surprising because I thought they, there would be, and it would be cool to see how the Fiend come out or whatever, but we have, we'll have to wait a little longer to see the return of the Fiend. But after he gets eliminated, <laughs> he hits Jeff Hardy with an RKO, hits Kofi Kingston with an RKO. He is pissed off. He's going to AJ Styles, and AJ Styles is begging to get out of his pot. He just wants to, he just wants to leave. <laughs> So almost like help me almost almost rips the back of the pot. One of my favorite moments in the on the whole chamber card. I love this moment, but this is but there's a part of this that I'm just like I cannot help but recognize. But almost rips the back of the pot open, which is amazing. By the way, the way he did that was crazy. AJ Styles went to the front of the chamber to get out of there, and who was there? Randy Orton. But Randy Orton actually just walks right past me. He looks at him, and he's like. He's pissed off. He walks past him. AJ Styles is now in the match. What? This this is a moment in the match. (laughs) Spoiler alert, I really enjoyed this chamber match. This was a great chamber match. However, this is the one huge thing about this match. There wasn't a timer at all throughout this moment. Styles just entered into the match. And he was in there. He was just he, he didn't have a timer. By the way, at this point, Adam Pierce eliminated, not eliminated, ejected almost from the ring, not being there. And AJ Styles like almost he's yelling, almost, please come back. He's he has to be ejected. So the match continues. It's in it, it, those guys coming in, and then who comes out as as well? It's it's Sheamus getting in there. McIntyre and Sheamus. When Sheamus gets out, Sheamus is not even looking he, when he's the last one out. He's looking behind him. Right there, he's putting his hands against the pod, uh, not facing the ring, and, Sh- and McIntyre's just waiting for, for Sheamus to come out. Sheamus comes out. They start batter each other. It was an amazing spot. Um, those two kind of go back and forth with each other. It comes to a point where Kingston um, was on the top of the pod. He did a Tower of Doom to, to like three people on the outside. It was an awesome spot. Um, there comes to a moment where, where it's Hardy and... Kofi and Hardy's about to do like a swan time off, off the top of the pod to Kingston, but Kingston kind of rolls out of the way. And then he sees Seamus and McIntyre near him and he has a whisper in the wind on those two guys. So I'm glad, by the way, at this moment, I'm like, I'm surprised Hardy has not done nothing so far. If you did have Hardy do a spot like that, then there's no point of having Jeff Hardy in the match. Yeah, um, Hardy is good for that. I, I enjoy when Jeff Hardy does that stuff. I know that his body cannot take it anymore. But please keep doing that because it's awesome. Yeah. And then we see, um, I think a little bit before that, actually, Kingston takes out everybody with a dive of the pod. And then Sheamus drills him with a bro kick for the one, two, three. Kofi Mania, dead. R.I.P. J.P. <laughs> That's a thumbs up for there. Um, and then after he did, after Hardy does that whisper and the one off the top of the pod, um, he nailed AJ Styles with a swanton. And then as soon as he did that, McIntyre hits him with a Claymore. Jeff Hardy's out of the match. And then after that, Sheamus hits McIntyre with a bro kick. But before that, he turns around. There is Styles coming off of the top rope um, for the phenomenal forearm. One, two, three. Styles and McIntyre are the last two. I said this in the predictions. AJ Styles is my favorite 
wrestler in out of the six and I wanted him to win, but that's not going to happen. But when he was the final two, I'm like, okay, maybe they just wanted to save McIntyre and Sheamus for later, possibly. Who knows? Because one, they didn't pin each other. But it, now it's now it's them. Now it's those two. There comes a moment where actually Styles tries to do a 450 off the top. And I think that he lost a little bit of momentum. So he just did like a 180 and like a kind of a senton sort of thing. And then he and then he did the 450 afterwards and he hit it then, but a near fall of two and a half. And as soon as he's trying to go for the phenomenal forearm in midair, McIntyre hits a claymore. Awesome spot. Awesome spot. The phenomenal forearm is a good finisher. However, it is prone to some awesome reversal finishers like we've seen, obviously, Randy Orton and we've seen some other superstars. The Roman Reigns spear one obviously is a famous one. But McIntyre wins. He survives. The Elimination Chamber. Chamber's getting risen up. Again, this just look, reminds me back of John Cena and 2006, I think it was, with Edge. Um, the, the, the Chamber gets risen up, and who comes out? He's celebrating. Who comes out? It's Bobby Lashley. He comes out, destroys, destroys McIntyre. He beats him up afterwards, um, just laying him to go outside. He hits him with a huge spear. Again, decimates him. He leaves the ring. Awesome. Miz comes down with a ref. And before I get to this later, what happened before the match? And I thought this was, this was interesting. We saw like a PlayStation 2 SmackDown game. We couldn't hear what was going on. It was Miz and MVP talking with each other. We did not hear what they were saying. However, the Money in the Bank briefcase was in the, was in the shot. Miz comes out to the ring with, comes to the ring with a ref. He's cashing in his money in the bank. This is it. Win, win, or, win or not, you're not getting a second, you're not getting a third chance, I should say, with this. The bell rings. He cuts down Drew McIntyre with like a low kick. The vintage DDT from him. He pins him one, two, he kicks out. Afterwards, he then raises McIntyre. McIntyre is, he cannot really stand up properly after surviving Elimination Chamber, taking a beating from, from the Almighty. Skull crushing finale to. Two, McIntyre, one, two, three. The Miz is the new WWE champion. Yes, this was kind of, this was kind of the same kind of way he cashed in on Randy Orton. I feel he did that same DDT to begin with. Randy Orton kicked out. Skull crushing finale afterwards. Miz is your new WWE champion. He's a two-time WWE champion. JP. Hi, JP. Oh, look, we have we have an appearance. Um but I'll start off here. Listen, I've seen so much squabble uh, of, of The Miz. You know, does he deserve it? Does he not deserve it? He's a jobber. I, I can't help but disagree with every single person. The Miz, they would have, to me, like the fans would have complained about the money in the bank being wasted, whether it be a second year in a row, just wasted this year, starting off with Otis and money in the bank last year. To me, this was awesome. No, no pun intended. But this was awesome. The Miz totally deserves it, man. What he's put to the company throughout all that time. The Miz winning the WWE Championship was awesome. And JP, before I give my the rest of my thoughts, what did you think of the Miz cashing in, being WWE Champion? It was about time. I was waiting for it. I called it on Saturday because they were running out of time with this money in the bank. And you can't have multiple unsuccessful money in the bank cash-ins. It'll decrease the legitimacy. Once they put it on the Miz, they knew he was cashing in. 
he was going to win the championship. Um, it kind of felt like a whole lot of other like times when people cashed in. I was immediately reminded of when Mark Henry uh, beat up Big Show after he won the uh, Big Show retained, and then Daniel Bryan came out, cashed in, and won the title. So, you know, I really, I enjoy The Miz. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. In my book, he is the greatest Intercontinental Champion in WWE history. Um, he deserves this, especially with the run he's been on since the PG era. He's been on every show, hasn't missed a day because of injury, fire promos throughout, fire rivalries throughout. He's been in tag teams, mid-card title, world title. He's got, a, he's got a reality TV show. He's doing other stuff. This is well-deserved for The Miz. I, I agree. And listen, The Miz, like you said, he deserves it for the amount of time he's had and what he's done to that mid-card scene in the WWE. I mean, ever since he lost the WWE Championship, and again, like you said, like I can't even be mad that you, that you think he is the best intercontinental champion of all time. That brain he had, obviously, during those times. I think he's like an eight-time intercontinental champion. He's one, I mean, off from, uh, he's one off from the uh, record of nine, which is held by Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho, okay. Which, I mean, I, listen... I, again, we see we saw the reaction on on social media from it. A lot of people love what's going on here, but you have those people again that are saying he doesn't deserve it. And to me, like I, I mean, have you been watching? Is my question because, like again, I feel like you're you, like the respect for the Miz is not even there. And I feel like when he won, and people were like, "Oh, this is this is not good. Miz is not my champion." You're just feeding into this. It, it, it's it's like. Do you see the the game that you're being played in right now? Because the Miz, I urge everybody to watch what the Miz did afterward. It was like a WWE Network exclusive like clip or something. It was great because he was saying he was holding up the championship and he was just like, "Oh, he's like he, he was saying, oh, you, I don't deserve it. Cry about it then, because I am your WWE champion." I was thinking to myself, you know, because we're a couple of hours from Raw, the promo that Miz is going to cut tonight, it's going to be the best thing on the show, and I can already tell. Um, listen, the Miz is deserves another reign as WWE champion. Now let's get to the predictions here. Uh, which by the way, I mean, we had, we really didn't talk about the chamber match. The chamber match was really good. I would say that besides again, the whole AJ Styles kind of getting into the match sort of thing, which I really just kind of like, you had to suspense your disbelief there a little bit, but besides that, I thought it was a really good chamber match. Uh, you know, thoughts on the chamber match just briefly before we get into the Miz stuff. I really enjoyed the chamber match. I thought SmackDowns was better, but this one was also really good. You know, you had the whole almost and AJ thing. I really didn't care that they broke the rules because, again, who are you to tell almost a man who can rip a pod apart that he can't do anything? And it really kind I'm of not gonna tell him. <laughs> comedy thing of AJ not wanting to get beat up, and then he just so happens to, like, walk into a pretty good situation. I don't hate it. Um, I thought the wrestling itself um drew mcintyre and sheamus beat the crap out of each other like every time they get into the ring together it's hard hitting physical it's what you expect from those two guys aj styles was once again phenomenal you understand pun intended jeff hardy jeff hardy did his jeff hardy thing um jumping off crazy stuff kofi was amazing i did expect a fiend reappearance 
that was the one thing that I was kind of like, okay, this is going to happen, but they're probably going to save that for the, for uh, the Raw after. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and like I said, again, I thought the Chamber match was great. Um, did I like it better than uh, the SmackDown one? I would say at the moment, maybe I have to rewatch it, that they're on the same level for me. I would say that the the events after each match, I would say that Raw takes the cake, you know, for the events after the Chamber match. But I would say that maybe SmackDown a little bit. But again, to me, Miz winning uh, the WWE Championship was, it was just great for me. Again, bittersweet because obviously McIntyre is losing it. But to me, this creates a whole new path here. And this is obviously the prediction that I had. Um, but this is obviously not, I, I didn't come up with this prediction. It's pretty easy to assume what happened here, right? Because we saw the Miz talk to MVP. I'm willing to believe that they made a, they made a deal, negotiation, that will help you win. You'll cash in tonight. However, your first title match has to be with Bobby Lashley. That's that's just kind of my thing. And Bobby Lashley, he's going to be WWE champion. There's no way the Miz is going to win this. Um, is going to win that match, in my opinion. He doesn't go um, as a champion. Definitely not. Even though I would say that, listen, it sucks that you know him winning it is great. The title reign will probably not be great if I have to assume. Um, I doubt the championship match happens tonight. Watching a couple hours, we have a new WWE champion, but. I just think to me that Bobby Lashley is already due for for a title run, a huge title run. He's he's an impact. He's he's done some good stuff there with the world title with Drew McIntyre actually. So I mean, um, or Drew Galloway that was his name in Impact. I, I um, on uh, Twitter, I think like right after Bobby Lashley came out and beating up Drew McIntyre, Impact posted on yeah, so have- on their account the full match of Bobby Lashley and then Drew Galloway. And I'm just like, whoever runs this account needs a raise. No, I literally they do that every single time. I think it was like last Monday or two, me, two Mondays ago when Jeff Hardy and AJ Styles had a match and the, tw- the Twitter account like five minutes a- as soon as they announced that match, they, they put the whole match. They like, hear some highlights from this two match. I wonder why, you know, like they did. Of course they don't explain why they just say, Oh, by the way, random match of the day. AJ Styles and Jeff Hardy. How about that? This was the one thing that we came across. Yeah, the one thing we just found this. We just like screw it, put it there. Um, no, but seriously. Um, so to me, I think Bobby Lashley's do. I thought that Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre had actually really underrated match at Backlash last year for that title. Um, to me, it was ruined because that was like pre hurt business, and that was the time when Bobby Lashley and Lana were a thing. Oh my god! But it was like ages ago feels like ages ago and literally the match like i people forget about this match by the way when because i was like looking back at drew mcintyre's like first reign i used to, you could say as the WWE champion his first major match besides big show the day after wrestlemania um was against seth rollins and money in the bank and that was a fire match <laughs> i mean again I mean, what do you expect even though i will i will blame drew mcintyre for what happened to seth rollins because literally after he beat seth rollins he became crazy and that's when he did the whole thing with the eye Man, that feels like so long ago. <laughs> That's a long time ago. Time passes differently in a pandemic. It does. And guys, remember, there was an eye for an eye, for an eye match. You guys remember that? Um, No, but back to this. How can I forget? But again, I heard the reports that, again, like, you know, I hate to be spoiled, but I, you can already assume this. Like, there's a good chance that into WrestleMania, Bobby Lashley is your, is your WWE champion. I'm all for that. I'm I all for that. Argument that. Bobby, Bobby might be champion after Mania, too. 
Well, here's here's what here's why I, I like the one thing about that, which I mean, I wouldn't mind. Listen, um, I'm not biased, by the way. I met Bobby Lashley a long time ago, 2007, 2008. Super nice guy. As a kid, I told him I didn't want him to do the Dominator on me. He's like, don't worry, I'm not going to do it on you. But um, super nice guy. He deserves it, you know, because obviously back then, I would say his WWE run was a little lacking. Obviously, he had some great spots on ECW. I think I saw what you liked to retweet. I still remember. This is my favorite Bobby Lashley moment. It was him and Umaga. It was like a steel cage thing. And Bobby Lashley jumps. Bro. And he jumps in the cages. The whole thing. It's amazing. Bobby Lashley is a beast. The reason why I kind of want a lengthy Bobby Lashley title reign is for one reason. One reason only. I think you know the reason. I think everybody knows the reason. Give me Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. It's time. Do it now. Bring Brock Lesnar back. Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar for the title. And make Bobby win. Give it to I him. would not mind that, even though I feel like it's likely. And I, don't, I know people have been asking for Bobby and Brock for so long, which, I mean, I agree. Don't get me wrong. I want to see it. There's a, I feel like there's a good chance if that were to happen at WrestleMania, they're going to put Drew in there, I feel. And I because, again, I feel like they've always wanted Drew to win the championship in front of fans. Mm-hmm. And that could be the triple threat match. And then we'll see Drew win it at Mania. I don't know. Because I'm thinking that Bobby's going to get the title sooner rather than later. And depending on if he loses at WrestleMania, it'll be only like a couple months title reign, which, I mean, maybe to some people that's pretty good for your first title reign. Who knows? But listen, I, I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes. And I'm hoping that the Miz cuts the best promo, uh, you know, since he'll lose it. Because I feel like they're still going to do Miz and Morrison versus Priest and Bad Bunny at WrestleMania. So, um, but that's going to do it. That That's Elimination Chamber 2021. Overall, a good show. I don't think it was as good as Vengeance Day for TakeOver. I don't think it was as good as Royal Rumble even. Um but still a pretty solid show. I would say it's better than a lot of the 2020 pay-per-view shows uh, as a whole. Because again, I was looking back at it for 2020 and some of those shows were kind of horrid or just not that great. <laughs> you know, um, speaking of horror, the Extreme Rules of Horror show wasn't that great from what I remember. Um, you had the eye for an eye, which to me, I feel like the match between Seth Rollins and Mysterio was good. I felt like until the whole eye thing came into. Yeah. And then you had Ziggler and McIntyre, which is pretty good. I mean, um, but yeah, 2021 for Elimination Chamber, a good, very good pay-per-view. Um, I would say it's definitely solid. I would say the whole Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair, that whole ending was really weird. Kickoff show was sloppy, but I, I really don't count the kickoff show. But the Chamber matches were both great. The moments after we saw Edge make his decision, we see The Miz becoming WWE champion. Matt Riddle's your new U.S. champion. Um and by the way, there was no Oscar match. They they did they didn't even announce during the pay per view that it was being canceled. I don't I don't, don't think, think so. On the kickoff show that it was canceled, they just it's not happening. They just made you assume like since she is pregnant, there's not going to be a match. But there was not even announcement, um, not even like a replacement. Like I know JP thought that it was going to be Flair filling it, or excuse me, let me let me just no, specify hey, which just, Flair. Just leave it at Flair. Just leave it at Flair. No, I got to know. You saw, you thought there's a chance that Ric Flair was going to be your new Raw Women's Champion, um, and then I put Monday Night Raw. It's gonna happen. Well, we'll see. Tonight it's going to happen. No, but we have that. We have um, that was the cancel show. So that's so that's a limited chamber. I would say that 
Um, there, there should be come to a moment where we should like rank all the pay-per-views maybe by the mid-year. Like so far, what's our favorite pay-per-view, whatever. I, would you agree that, because I feel like for me, it's Vengeance Day at the moment. Would you agree? Yes. Vengeance Day was the best. Um, then I'd go Rumble, New Year's Evil. Then I would go with Elimination Chamber. This was a solid card. It really lacked women's matches. It needed women's matches. It might have needed a women's chamber or something or something, anything, because not having either women's champion defend their title on the card is kind of messed up. I know what happened with Asuka, and they could have tried to put something together real quick, but I understand that. They had the women's tag titles, but it felt like it needed more. It needed more of that. Yeah, I would have at least thought you put a SmackDown Women's Chamber. Personally, for me, I feel like you had because to me on the Raw side, you cannot. There's not a believable person to beat Oscar. I feel like on the Raw side, except for like a Charlotte Flair, the mystery, the mystery opponent could be like a Rhea Ripley. Um, when it comes to the SmackDown side, you could have had Bailey, you could have had you know Tamina, Natalia, maybe some people in the Riot Squad, and um, and some other people to be on that on that women on that SmackDown side. But when it comes to me, I, I I pretty much agree. I would go Vengeance Day. I, I didn't even think about New Year's Evil. I'm not going to count that just because it was just kind of like a regular NXT episode on a Wednesday. It wasn't like a Sunday pay-per-view sort of thing. So at the moment, I would do Vengeance Day. I would do Rumble. And I guess I uh, would do Elimination Chamber right after that. But still, a pretty solid momentum for the for the pay-per-views so far for WWE. They really, they really haven't missed yet. Um hoping that Fastlane is is great and hoping that obviously WrestleMania is great. Usually the pay-per-views after WrestleMania could be a little wonky. We'll see. But that's going to do it. We have Raw in a couple hours. Um, a lot of stuff can happen on Raw, whether it be a title change or not. We'll see. Um, but obviously stay tuned. Again, that's going to that's gonna do it for us. Uh, past episodes, check out our – still check out our predictions. I've, so on predictions today, we were pretty bad. I think we tied again, but we were, we were pretty bad again. Well, not, not even bad again. We were we we got most right, I would say, at Vengeance Day and then at the Chamber. But when it comes to when it comes to the Elimination Chamber, we both got the SmackDown Chamber wrong. Where we got Roman Reigns winning right, we got the U.S. title one wrong. The WWE Championship we got right. We didn't get the Miz, and then we got Shayna and Nia. So I think we got two or three right out of the whole card. But I think that's gonna do it. For us, on a cell, check it out. If you're watching on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe. If you're listening on Spotify, Anchor, give us a follow, give it a like, give it a review. Uh, you can find me at Twitter at Zach Weinberger, Zach with an H, W E I N B E R G E R. Find me, find myself at you know University Press, the Ford. Um, I do another podcast, nerd stuff called Nerd Pod. You can find it at the Nerd Pod too on Twitter. JP's Twitter is at Acosta. Oh, no. At a cost of 32 underscore JP. Yes, sir. Got it right. And then, yes, JP, where, where, where can they find you? Um, excuse me. They can find me at Big Cat Country. I write about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I write a lot about anime. I write a lot about sports. Just anything else. Wherever you, see, wherever you see me, I write there. I talk on podcasts. So you can just kind of find me wherever, kind of floating around. Yeah, and for the University Press, they released they just released a new issue. JP has two stories on there, both great. Check it out. You just find it at UPress online. You'll find the links to send you there. One last thing before we leave: the Miz is your WWE champion, and he is awesome. Awesome. That's gonna do it for us. Have a good day, guys.